1: The following is a hoop bowl presentation.
2: Ballers Welcome back to another episode. In another edition of Today in Sports Betting, I am your host, Devin Ellington, or at D-A-L-A-007 on Twitter. Hey, welcome in, welcome back, new listeners, old listeners, everyone alike. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Like I said, this is Today in Sports Betting, a hoop-ball.com presentation. Make sure to follow at gaming to find the rest of the articles and the team's plays. Also, our team in general. You'll see a lot of conversations and discussions and tweets and all that good stuff involving our guys. Lots of great content to follow. Want to give a shout out to our ball Pels team. Lyle Swithenbank holding it down. Pelicans had a really interesting summer league. Had some off-season transactions that happened. Coaching change of hiring Willie Green. So... If you need some Pelicans information, NBA season's right around the corner. Lyle's got you covered. Hoop Ball Pels. Go follow them on Twitter. Also, if you're listening to this now, you are now behind the curve because we have now locked in our new prices on the premium content, the wager pass, fantasy pass, DFS pass, We've kind of got a bunch of different packages now. You can kind of just curate your own needs. Pick and choose what
1: content you want. And then there's different price points for all that. So, with that being said.
2: Keep in mind on those promo codes. That you'll hear me talk about in the pre-recorded segment before the show. But in case you skip over it.
1: football and this podcast is brought to you by, sponsored by, manscaped.com. Lawnmower 4.0
2: came out earlier this summer. I am a proud owner of one. I got this awesome mustache on my face because I use it. Use promo code Hootball H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L, to cash in on some free shipping and
1: 20% off. And then also, look at their complete care kit. They got a lot of different bombs, oils,
2: ointments, powders, all sorts of stuff for the man's face. And not so much the man's face, you know, the man's other stuff too. So Lawn Mower 4.0, Weed Whacker, all of it together just makes your grooming tasks a lot less chore-like. Promo code HoopBall20. Don't forget that two zero at the end.
1: Then mybookie.ag, you bet, you win, you get paid. Go over to mybookie.ag, use promo code ball. Sorry, I had to get me some coffee. ball, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L. H-O-P-B-A-L-L.
2: Y'all know about mybookie by now. Hear us talk about them all the time. They are our sponsor. Kind of like our rock and our shield, you know? They're a good partner. They support us. They believe in us. As for this entity, me myself, Devin Ellington, Hoopball Gaming, we uh, got a pretty busy day to unpack. We got a lots of recap, so to say. We got some previewing to do since college football technically starts this Saturday. I don't know if any of you knew that, but it's week zero. So I think what I'll do on this show is I'll probably break down some MLB. I'm really not impressed with the card. And honestly, I've been getting the sour taste left in my mouth every MLB slate because I work hard on these game write-ups and I work hard on doing my research. And then five minutes before the game starts, three or four guys can just be taken out of the lineup. This time of the season is very hard to diff- uh, hard in difficulty to handicap. And constant news swirling on top of uh, – busy parental life with a sick kid and a uh, job, you know, it just uh, some things go under the cracks. And last night we had plays on Matt Chapman props and uh, Jed Lowry props. And literally, you know, five minutes before the game started, both of them were not in the starting lineup. I had those lineup looks from earlier in the day, probably like 1 p.m. Eastern, not super early, you know. So it kind of sucks, but you know, it's a part of MLB handicapping. And uh, we'll break down today's card. I'm not going to break down everything. Like I said, there are some spots that I'm looking to get at. But then ultimately, there are some teams, and there's a lot of teams playing each other today where it's just like, I've been really bad on them. Like, I have not gotten a good read um, over the last week, week and a half. I thought that I was sneaky last night with Arizona and Pittsburgh, the first five. Going under five had, uh, let's see, three runs scored in the top of the fifth, I think it was. And, of course, it missed by, a, you know, just one by a run. Uh, I think they actually scored seven runs because Pittsburgh got them a uh, solo shot in the bottom of the fifth. Nonetheless, the bet lost, even though it was looking good 98% of the time. And uh, so that was a little annoying. And then Chicago and Toronto... You know, I talked about it in the wager pass. Uh, in case you haven't gathered, we had a losing night in the wager pass last night. Chicago and Toronto, I talked about how I was a little apprehensive because of the dominant starting pitching, and lo and behold, Lance Lynn did Lance Lynn things. Alec Manoa continued his phenomenal rookie season. Um, I just thought the collection of bats and the talent was uh, – and the health of the White Sox was going to be able to uh, – Get Rogers Center popping. You know, Toronto coming back off of a road trip. Rogers Center, they haven't really played a lot of road games there this year. <clears throat> Excuse me. That frog just jumped right out. Uh, so, yeah, not a lot of home games played this year. They started the season in Buffalo. Support for this podcast and the
0: following message come from Corient.
2: I think like three-quarters of their games so far in the home department have been played in Buffalo. Canada opened their border back up to their
1: sports team. I think it was last month. Coffee break. Um, so, you know, I can tell you from
2: last night's sour taste and the burn I got, the White Sox and the Blue Jays will not be on my card, um, especially since Dylan Cease and Jose Barrios are pitching. Barrios making his third start and uh, with Toronto. So he's still getting the ropes down. I think we're going to see Toronto falter here and kind of fizz out. They just keep kind of falling down further in those ALE standings. The Yankees have won 10 in a row. Tampa Bay is trying to stay at top. Boston middling. uh, They're kind of in the same department as Toronto. Got off to a bolsterous hot start that's going to be hard to maintain. And with their lack of a first baseman, talking about the Red Sox, obviously Toronto has Vlad Jr. And their pitching, and deep pitching, I shall say, for both ball clubs and uh, relief pitching. You know, I think this is a two-horse race now, Yankees-Rays. So, there are some games I'm going to be looking at. I'm not going to go completely bare and empty on a baseball slate. It's just not like me. Um, Chris Flexen going against Cole Irvin. <clears throat> Excuse me. Lots of frogs in my throat today. Seattle so yeah, and Oakland. Look, I'm just really not interested. I've done not that great with these two teams lately. I tried again last night with some player props, and both of them just kind of were pulled out of the lineup, so... Let's uh, go ahead and leave this one alone. Chris Flexen's been pitching really great. He's been such a bright spot for the Mariners this year, coming back over from the KBO. Cole Irvin, he's gotten roughed up a little bit lately. I believe his last start was against Texas, and, like, the Rangers gave him some fits. So the kid's struggling a little bit. Seattle is weak against the lefties, though. So if anything, I'm just going to leave this one alone because I just don't know. I mean, the total's weird. Eight and a half is getting juiced to the over of minus 120. But yet you got both of these pitchers that are pretty dominant. And then Cole Irvin being the left-handed pitcher, Seattle struggles against those. So, I mean, I've got so much conflicting data. I don't trust Oakland right now. They've been losing some games. And, uh, you know, my picks on tally site have been reflecting that. So I've been trying to support them. I've been trying to support Houston. Houston kind of pissed me off last night, losing 7-1 to the Royals. Royals actually scored seven runs as a road team. I don't think they've done that all year. Sarcasm, of course, they probably have, but not too many times. And uh, Houston, they – I mean, Zach Greenkey got roughed up by the club that drafted him. and uh, I was way, way, way wrong. Had the free play article yesterday. That was a loser. And I had the Houston run line, and then in the wager pass, I – I think I won one play last night. Yankees, Atlanta, first five, under hit, under five and a half. Uh, they scored three runs. So we didn't get opposite swept, at least, but you know it was still a rough night. I think we would have been better if like Chapman and Lowry w- would have played. Those were guaranteed. You know, I had a 2.9 unit play on Chapman over half a hit, you know, just to get one hit. Um, and then Lowry plus 150 i went and just did a half unit um on that one so that way we could bring in 1.15 units and uh that was for him to have an rbi which he's a left-handed killer stone cold steve austin style so you know he he just uh they weren't in the lineup and uh that kind of sucks so nolan voided those plays and now let's kind of just move into today like i said 335 not looking at Seattle, not looking at Oakland, Arizona, Pittsburgh, get out of here with that garbage. I am not betting you guys anymore this year. White Sox Toronto already talked about how I'm going to lay off that San Fran, New York Mets. We got this. His first name is Steven. I can't be, can't be right. I don't know. Uh, the source that the resource that I normally use uh, as I rapid fire through this stuff decided to make a major update and it's very not to my liking and it's just kind of too much now and I think that it's the action network in case you were wondering but now I don't even get the pitcher's first name I just get his first initial Uh, you know good thing I know like 90% of the starting pitchers in the league but this long kid I, I can't remember his first name so Uh, I apologize, but he's got 5.72 ERA. Not a lot of starts in the year, obviously. Limited exposure. Tyler McGill for the Mets. You know, I don't have anything to say about this game. The total's at 8.5. This is a pretty pivotal series for the NL postseason push. So I think for anything, this is going to be a good, fun baseball game to watch, at least like the first five innings on. Uh, because I think that these pitchers might be able to have a decent go of it, the totals come up from seven and a half all the way up to eight and a half. San Fran minus one hundred and five, New York minus one fifteen. They've kind of flipped on those lines. So Minnesota, Boston, ten and a half is the total right now. You got Garrett Jacks on the mound, Trevor Houck, or is it Tanner? See, this is the problem, Tanner or Trevor. Uh, so now I got to have like multiple sources open, resources open, just to be able to determine guys first names you know it's it kind of annoys me but I do don't, i don't like when people try to just do crazy shit with their apps and do all these updates like they just threw like nine updates into one and completely changed the layout the look the flow in case you couldn't tell i'm not really uh not really a fan of it tanner hauck and it's sammy long for san francisco just to clarify Minnesota, Boston, not really looking at anything. I'm going to wait for team totals to set because I would – well, I mean, we might have them right now, maybe not. This is before noon on the eastern front. Team total for Boston. I'm seeing five and a half in most spots. I was hoping to get a five, five and a half. Like, I know it's just an extra hook, but fact of the matter, Griffin Jack's pretty terrible. He's rookie, young, young kid. Minnesota's bullpen's pretty bad. So five and a half is just like a really high team total. Um, Texas and Cleveland. Cleveland's been playing pretty well lately. Uh, they're back to 500 minus 167 on the money line today. Texas has crept from plus 120 to plus 145. And Cleveland's been hitting against lefties a lot better than what they have on the normal season. Over nine has come up from the eight and a half on that total. Overs still get in shade of minus 120. My problem with playing overs with Texas is they have zero offense. Now they do better against righties than they do against lefties, but they're on the road, and uh, they, they are just like a really terrible team. There's no way to put it, and I don't really want to, you know, I could definitely sit here and say, yeah, oh, yeah, Cleveland's going to score eight runs themselves because Texas is that bad. But fact of the matter is on the season, Cleveland does get a downgrade against lefties. They're just major three or four bats have been doing damage against the last couple of lefties that they faced. So recently, they've been hitting better against lefties. But, you know, of course, if I was to play it, if I was to support it, they'd uh, shit down their sock today. So let's just go and leave it alone and use it as a data point. Let's see what we can get. And And plus, they got this Morgan kid on the mound. Uh, Eli Morgan, you know, he's not very strong or dominant, so um, I'm going to see if anything sticks out for team totals. Cleveland's at 4.5. It's getting shade of uh, minus 135. Points bet has their team total at 5 at minus 110. So
1: a lot of minus 135 juice out there on the 4.5. And that's that.
2: You know, if if I'm going to look at anything, I'd probably look to support Cleveland's team total.
1: Because um, my team total plays are half-unit plays. So, just kind of looking at something. Today. Today. Andrew Heaney gets to go against Charlie Morton.
2: The Yankees take on the Braves. Total right now is at 9, and Andrew Heaney alone makes it to where I want to support Atlanta. Charlie Morton on the year, 3.47 ERA, 12-4. and four. Good stabilizing force from
1: the veteran. I think I'm probably going to look at the Braves' first five here. Minus 115 on that run line.
2: And we don't have any team totals set as of yet. I'm not seeing anything, but that is something that I'll probably be looking to attack if it's not outrageous. I bet it's going to be like a five or a five and a half. But if it's four and a half, I'm wanting to jump on that. If it's five, there's a chance of a push. There's that insurance and uh, might just look at taking that. First five, under four. I was hoping to get a better number in the Cincinnati and Milwaukee game because we got Tyler Molly and Corbin Burns going against each other. Dominating pitchers right now. Um, This is an important divisional game. Milwaukee in first place in the NL Central. Uh, They are minus 220 favorites on the money line. Their run line is minus 145.
1: That's really telling. Not a lot of belief on Cincinnati today. And two and a half on Cincinnati's team total. I mean,
2: that's just disrespectful, right? I mean, I know it's Corbin Burns, but like his stuff has been decently bad lately. He hasn't done
1: too, too much. That's been that great. And my problem is, Tyler Molly struggles against the uh, Brewers. They got a 250 average on them, a 190
2: ISO. They got 12 walks to 25 strikeouts. I mean, they still strike out, But, I mean, look, the Brewers strike out. Like, that's what they do. So, they're up towards the bottom of the league. (laughs) That makes no sense. Up towards the bottom. Uh, They're towards the bottom of the league in regards to uh, strikeouts. I almost said average because I was looking at the word. So, Corbin Burns actually has some really good uh, splits here against Cincinnati. 12 strikeouts, 6 walks. He's got 209 average allowed, 320 on base percentage, 326 slugging, which is nice and low, 646 OPS, which is nice and low, 295 Woba. That's pretty low. 116 ISO is also pretty low. I think league average is right around the 110. So, um, But, look, there's not – Joey Votto's got 10 at-bats against Corbin Burns, which is the most. Only one hit. Tucker Barnhart, one hit and six at-bats. Eugenio Suarez, one hit and seven at-bats. And then Castellanos, Shogo Akiyama, Kyle Farmer, Jonathan India all have one at-bat, or I'm sorry, one hit and three at-bats. So good early exposure looks for those three guys, or those four guys, so Kasiano Zakiyama, farmer in India, if they keep their good looks against Corbin Burns, I think they could scratch one or two across early, especially if Vado just hits himself a solo shot, which is what he just does now. <laughs> Home runs in general since the all star break. It's crazy
1: Coffee, um so yeah, this is honestly just a good baseball game. I'm really excited for this
2: one. I would say let's do no run first fives. But there is a lot of, uh, or I'm sorry, no run first first inning, but there is a lot of power on this team. There is a lot of power on this team. And a solo shot is very, very inevitable in my opinion, especially with how these pitchers throw. They like to throw in the zone. They throw it hard. So I wouldn't be shocked if a solo shot happens within the first inning. Now what I might entertain, and uh, – You get it looked up and looked at right here real quick. But the fact is that I like unders in a certain
1: way. And I feel that if I look into like the under hits, runs, errors, that that could be enticing. So let's see if it's too heavily juiced to play. But uh, most importantly, let's see if there's any value there. And so as I look at this, as it loads, trying to watch water boil right now.
2: So 25 and a half is the total hits, runs, errors over and under both getting minus 115 shade first inning hits runs errors in the first inning like i said under three minus 165 heavy juice there and no score in the first inning is getting minus 125 juice but like I said there are just too many solo shot homer powered hitters in both of these lineups and I just feel that with the fastball usage of both pitchers one of these hitters are going to be able to uh
1: definitely turn on one but under 25 and a half hits runs errors for the full game i think there's some good value there i do all right moving on from this one
2: into like i'm not going to talk about colorado and chicago um there's just way too much going on with both these ball clubs in terms of uh behind the scenes guys getting sent down guys not coming back next year prospects playing like the, these two teams, it's pretty much messy. So let me leave that off. I, I, I'll say that I'm not looking to talk Rockies, Cubs. Um, 7.05, we've got two games that I really like. I'm not sure how I'm going to write these up yet. I'm sure it'll make it into the wager pass in some way. But Tampa Bay, they opened at plus 120, which is very weird. I'm kind of trying to figure this out, this movement. But they opened at plus 120. I think what happened here is that Nelson Cruz moved up from doubtful to questionable, so they'll probably get Nelson Cruz back. But they will be without G-Man
1: Choi, who's doubtful. Uh, Tampa Bay, that is, obviously. And Philadelphia,
2: look, they, they went on that little hot streak, and now they're doing Philadelphia things. They're about to go at risk of getting back to 500, even though they're just two games above. Tampa Bay hits lefties really, really good. But the Soares kid, 1.47 ERA,
1: 5-4 record on the year. Tampa Bay's money has moved a crazy amount.
2: And like I said, they opened at plus money. Now they're at – mine. it essentially flip-flopped. It mirrored. It was plus 120. Now it's minus 120. Uh, in most spots, I got minus 123. I like Tampa Bay to win outright. Uh, Tampa Bay in the first five. You know, I you, they got their guy Drew Rasmussen on the mound. He's a righty, 3.3 ERA. I think he's probably going to be used as like an opener, mid, mid-range guy. But uh, over four and a half is getting shade in the first five, a minus 115. And... The money line in the first five is very, very close. Minus 113 for Tampa Bay, minus 110 for Philly. So I think ultimately I may just want to stay away from that. And then if I look at some team totals, Tampa Bay, they're at four and a half. And that's something that I'm definitely going to roll with, especially against a lefty. They have been doing exceptionally well against left-handed pitching since the trade deadline and since they got Juan Franco called up and paired with some other guys. Randy Rosarena, Lowe. I mean, they got some guys throughout this lineup that are just going to be able to do some damage. And then Philly's bullpen is absolutely garbage still. So Tampa Bay, I love all the Tampa Bay today. Angels. Orioles, Dylan Bundy taking on his old club in Camden Yards where he used to get uh, shelled every start. So 10.5 is the total. Obviously going to be looking at playing the over. It's up from 10. And the under originally was getting not so much juice, so better odds. Uh, This is honestly weird. You know, they got Spencer Watkins on the mound for the Orioles. He's still pretty bad. Both pitchers have at least a a five-and-a-half ERA or higher. 6.04 for Bundy, 5.63 for Watkins. And look, I think the over's in play. And if I look at the first five, ooh, my goodness. First five over five-and-a-half. That's crazy. My bookie has it at six. Under six getting minus one ten treatment. Over five and a half over on bet MGM getting
1: minus one twenty-five. That is just nuts. Absolutely bonkers. A lot of folks are looking to
2: support Baltimore. Um, So their first five looks at uh, plus 120 on the money line. You know, if this was a left-handed pitcher, I know Dylan Bundy's terrible, but if this was a left-handed pitcher, I'd be all over it. Baltimore's just not doing it for me, especially against the righties. Cedric Mullins is like the only thing that offers anything. They got two guys under 200, under the Mendoza line. Pedro Severino hits 233. Mount Castle. Mancini, they hit right around 260. So, I mean, not looking to see anything too bright in this spot. I uh, wanted to look out some team totals, but again, it's Dylan Bundy. I give pause because the Orioles are going against a the righty. Their team total set at 4.5. You know, if it was 3.5, I think I would have jumped on it. But it looks like that Vegas is relying on Baltimore to, uh, and wow, their money line is dropping like crazy. Uh, it was literally just at plus 125. It's at plus 110 now, like literally when I just started talking about this. So if you want to support an underdog, I think Baltimore is probably the best one tonight. I'm going to wrap up the MLB talk with a game featuring Detroit and St. Louis, Casey Mize, Jack Flaherty. This is a rematch of the
1: 2006 World Series. I think it was 2006.
2: Let's see. Let's see. Computing, trying to get my database archives pulled up. Let's see. 2006, I would have been in, uh, well, let's see. My freshman year was 2007. 2007. And I remember being in middle school when these two teams played. So, yeah, 2005-2006 season. I think that sounds right. 05, the White Sox won it. 06, the Cards won it, I believe. Yeah. I think that's how it works. Um, look, this is going to be a good game. We got Casey Mize. We got Jack Flaherty, which Flaherty's been untouchable like he was before his IL stint, after he's gotten back off of it. And... I think that both pitchers are going to come out and have a really good day. And uh, let me go ahead and take the under in the first five at four and a half. It's getting minus 120 shade
1: over at BetMGM. Jack Flaherty's just been way, way too good. Uh, Fact of the matter, though, I'm a Cubs fan. I think this is number 33 on the year, 34, maybe.
2: I just can't back Cardinals right now. I I just can't. I'm leaving the NL Central alone in regards to supporting those other teams. Because when you lose a bet and then you're a Cubs fan and you're trying to support other teams in the division, like, A, it feels weird. But B, it's like an extra burn because it's like, of course, like you a holes, like, of course you would do that. You know, it's like you have this double negative vision on them now. So, I don't have a good look on the cards, like sides. You know, I'm not looking to play a side here. And then I think the Detroit Magic, you know, that we were riding for a while and the wager pass in the show is a little, little done now. So,
1: I think if anything, we should support the pitchers. And I think looking at... Like a first five under makes sense. Um, St. Louis's offense has struggled. Detroit's offense does struggle against righties. So, if anything, I may look just first five and uh, leave the full game out of
2: it. But as of right now, I got to lean on first five under and full game under. I think it just kind of is
1: a ho-hum cruising game where lots of outs are made. Inefficient offenses, bad batting. Let's wrap it up with the Dodgers and the Padres. Padres
2: just fired their pitching coach. He's put like more pitchers on the IL than anyone. Larry Rothschild. He the Padres didn't have injuries or major, major pitcher
1: elbow injuries like they do, like they did. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Before Larry Rothschild,
2: the the Padres pitchers did not have this amount of terrible season-ending, career-changing injuries. And what the problem comes from is, or where the problem comes from is, Rothschild loves off-speed stuff. He loves sliders. He loves sinking fastballs. He loves... I know sinking fastball is not off speed technically, but it's, it's an offshoot of the fastball, changes the arm angle a little, the grip. You know, sliders, curveballs, big 12-6 swooping curveballs. You know, he, if, if a pitcher does not have a slider in his arsenal, he forces that pitcher to learn how to do it. I think, you know, between Sam or Sam, Steve Clevenger's arm issues last year, I think with you, Darvish showing regression, uh, you look at some of the other big names that have been put on the shelf uh, with arm issues for them. It's just very evident that something needed to change. And with how their pitchers have been pitching, starters and bullpen alike, uh, he wasn't a good pitching coach at the time. And I mean, don't get me wrong, I love Larry Rothschild. He's been in the major league. Uh, major league as a pitching coach for, I mean, almost double what I've been alive on this earth. So I can't really say much. Like he, he that might be an exaggeration. Like he hasn't been in the majors for 60 years, but um, you get what I'm saying. He's been doing it long enough to know that if he's screwing a guy's arm up, he should know. And um, well, the Padres had to make a change. You Darvish is going today. Who's been pretty bad, pretty rank. Uh, if I shall be blunt, he's going against Urias, Was he, uh, or Julio Urias, the main guy. Well, I can't say the main guy for the Dodgers, but I mean, he is just ho-hum. He does what he needs to. And right now, the Dodgers opened at minus 120. They're at minus 130 on the money line. This is pure value alone. I mean, the Dodgers are playing good right now. The Padres are not. Sure, the Dodgers are on the road. They're going against Hugh Darvish. Sure, Whatever. One offense is doing better than the others right now. One team did not just fire their pitchers coach. One team is not spiraling. One team is probably going to win this division, and it's the Dodgers. So Dodgers at minus 130, we're not going to see that too many times throughout the course of the season. I think we've gotten an opportunity to cash minus 130 to minus 150 money line plays on the Dodgers like once or twice this year. Look, minus 130. And it's creeping. It could be at minus 140, minus 150 before first pitch. And this is the chase game. It's 10, 10 Eastern time. It's going to be on ESPN. And uh, I might need this one with the way the picks and stuff have been going lately. So I'm looking at the Dodgers. And if anything else in this game, I would look at perhaps the over eight because San Diego's just been terrible with their bullpen lately. There's no first five lines set yet. And I doubt we're going to have, yeah. So there's no team total set either. This being a game that happens 11 hours from now. So those are my first preliminary thoughts on that stuff. I want to talk a little bit about college football week zero. And then we need to wrap this bad boy up. I'm going to talk a couple of the lines and a couple of the angles that I'm looking to perhaps lean on. And I've got an underdog that I really like already in week one. Week zero, if you shall. So, Saturday,
1: eight twenty-eight, August 28th, we got ground zero, week zero, football. Um,
2: Alright, so let's just kind of start. Like, I'm just, this is going to be like a dusting. Like, I'm not doing any deep, deep dives. I've got pages and pages and pages of notes on all these teams. Uh, waiting to be transcribed to digital because I am going to do a full week zero preview for all the games uh, this first, you know, segment of the college football season. I'm going to
1: break it down. I'm going to give you a betting guide, where to watch it, how to watch it, what to watch for. Uh, you know, you'd be surprised. But there's not a lot of people really scrubbed and fresh
2: on uh, University of Connecticut Huskies football. But i tell you what, I am. Uh, okay, so this is essentially going to be me glossing at numbers, kind of talking about the market moves, talking about what I think is going to happen. And kind I'm going to give you some of my liens, but I don't want to give too much out because, well, I'm excited for this because it's, uh, it's a national holiday. It's a return to college football. And I want y'all to be able to dig into that article here later in the week once I get it up and uh, really take it in. So Nebraska and Illinois, we got a Big Ten game starting us off at 1 p.m. on Fox this Saturday. And the Illinois Fighting Illini are the home underdogs. They are getting a round number of seven. This line opened in the early parts of summer at minus 9.5 for the Cornhuskers. The Cornhuskers are under investigation now. Uh, unpopular opinion in the Lincoln area. Maybe, maybe not. I, I don't know. Uh, I've never been to Lincoln. But uh, I don't think Scott Frost is the guy. I don't. I don't. I, I think he caught lightning in a bottle in UCF. He had some good foundational pieces over there. He built decently. But then it kind of, it was easy to take the Nebraska job because I think he knew where his trajectory was going to go. Nebraska's facing sanctions, and they ain't even really got any impressive recruiting rankings in. So he's cheating, allegedly. The school is cheating, allegedly. And they're not even getting any results. So they're trying to get a leg up, and they still can't stand. So Illinois, I just want to say that this team has a lot of NFL talents on it. Between both
1: lines. Their linebacking core, they return a really strong-armed quarterback. Look, I I said I didn't want to give too much away.
2: And this is going to be a free article, so it doesn't matter if I really spill too much of my Easter egg beans here.
1: But Illinois is plus plus 220 on the money line. This is... um, Look, I don't know how to put this, but I like Illinois. I do.
2: I, I, I like them with the points. I'm going to be taking the points. Plus seven is still getting shade of minus 115. So lots of faith is being lost on Nebraska. Like Nebraska's got a dynamic quarterback. They had a really down year last year. They got all this stuff in place. They got a decent recruiting class that came in. Sure, 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 sure. They're Nebraska. They're in the Big Ten. But they're the bowels of the Big Ten. Like, they, they are the toilet paper that was used to be wiped on the undercarriage of, like, Ohio State and Northwestern even. This Nebraska team is terrible. I, I just, I, like I said, I don't believe in Scott Frost. Uh, there's a lot of times that we've seen the school's golden child, like, their, be- their beautiful quarterback or, like, one of their main key players come in and try to lead them back to the glory days. And it just doesn't work and that's okay that's okay i mean oklahoma state's gotten lucky with you know like mike gundy but they've not won a national championship they've barely been in play for a big 12 championship since his tenure's been there and like he's just done a whole lot of winning like he's had a lot of average years he's done a whole lot of double digit wins but ultimately it's consistent Scott Frost isn't offering any kind of consistency or trajectory, in my opinion. This is year three. This is a year, it's like, it's or I think it's technically four, but it's like a make-or-break year for new coaches, right? Year three is when we expect them to be, okay, now their system's implemented, their recruits are in, let's go. I still just don't see it with Nebraska. I don't like what I'm seeing with in regards to what they return, the coaching staff around Scott Frost. I think this program and this college right now, athletically speaking, is just kind of in the dumps um so with that being said it makes so much sense for me to look and see where the market was going see where they're still opinionated at and lean with the home underdog that's returning uh nfl talent linebackers they got two linebackers that could be in the nfl they got two guys on the defensive line that could be on the nfl i think four of their five starters on the uh, offensive line could be in the nfl they return a dynamic backfield. They got guys that could probably be six or seven draft round draft picks at the least in the, back, the, the running back position. And don't forget, Illinois brought in Brent Bellema. Say what you want about his tenure down in uh, Arkansas in the SEC, but year in, year out. That was a challenging task. And before that, you look at how much winning he did at Wisconsin, of all places. I think he went to three straight Rose Bowls or something like that. He went to, four to- three, three or four total Rose Bowls. The guy's a winner. He's got coaching pedigree on his staff. He's got NFL talent in his lineup. He's got NFL talent in his coaching staff. And then, oh, former NFL head coach Lovey Smith uh, had him set up with some good pieces coming into this. So, you know what? I'm looking at the NFL caliber of talent
1: and coaching, and Illinois sticks out. They stick out in this game. Then at
2: two o'clock, on the CBS Sports Network, we got the Yukon Huskies taking on the Fresno State Bulldogs. Fresno State minus 27 and a half. Home favorites. Sixty two and a half is the total. There's been no movement on that. I will backtrack and say that 55 and a half was the opener for Illinois and Nebraska. It has come down a hook to an even 55. If you watch the fantasy footballers, then you understand where that reference is coming from. Anyways, uh, so 27 and a half is a lot of points. But UConn did not play football last year. The year before that, they were probably the worst Division One college football team for the last year and a half before the COVID year last year. Fresno State is dangerous this year. I just want to point out, they are returning a lot of guys. They are returning a ton of talent. And then where people are going to maybe overlook them is the defensive side of the ball. But I feel that Fresno State's pass rush in their linebacking play is going to be key early in the season as they get rolling. I feel that this is a game that Fresno State comes
1: in, controls. But, you know, I, I talked the way I did about UConn and their team,
2: but they actually got some good pieces in and back. And, you know, a lot of production from the better years before the COVID stuff. You know, they they've had a couple of weird years here. And they got a coach that coached them to prior success back in Randy Edsall. And if you remember Edsall, like he had this team in a New York Six Bowl in 2014. So, getting back to the glory days, we'll see how the second tenure goes. I think this year is going to be a little rough for UConn. Obviously, 27 and a half is a lot of points. And as of right now, on the side, I just cannot lock in. I want to see starting quarterbacks named first. We're starting to see that with a lot of schools here. And if anything, over 62 and a half offers some water weight for me, and it's holding on to some value there because Fresno State, their offense alone is going to be dynamic and firing. It's just a little weird with these first games trying to go the over because it's like, well, we don't yeah, – it's like the first game action for all the offenses and the continuity and all that chemistry. So, UConn, I think, is going to have a chance to put up, you know, like 20 points because Fresno State's going to be scoring so much. I talked about Fresno State's defense being upgraded, but they still got a lot of work to do, and it's the first game of the year. And Connecticut, like I said, they returned some stuff on the offensive side of the ball, and they got some places or pieces in place that make a lot of sense for them to maybe have some positive regression, I, uh, you know? So, it opened at 25 and a half. And is now 27 and a half. So let's mind that movement. Vegas set it lower for a reason. If it gets to 28, I think that's a great round number. If it gets to 28, I'm going to jump on it and take the points and ride with the Huskies in the week zero game against the Bulldogs. More to come on that game. There will be more written content than me speaking about it today. Hawaii and UCLA. This is going to be a very exciting game. It's going to be fun. It's 3.30 on ESPN this Saturday. UCLA returning Dorian Thompson-Robinson, returning all sorts of guys in the backfield. They got some dynamic playmakers. Their defense is going to have to step up or something, though. Their linebackers are a mess. They brought in some JUCO guys last year that got some starting reps. Their number one tackler ended up being one of those JUCO transfers that came in. Hawaii, though. Whoo, Hawaii. If you haven't done any previewing or reading or brushing up on Hawaii, do yourself a favor, get yourself a Phil Steel magazine. I think he's still got copies of it out in Barnes and Nobles. And try to get you a digital copy if you can't get a physical copy. But just just go through, read up on Hawaii. They return so much. They've got a lot of good talent. They didn't lose that much. And I think Their defense is going to give UCLA trouble, uh, maybe at least for the first half. UCLA's got a decent secondary coming in. They've got some very talented players on the defensive line. They've got continuity on the coaching staff. Uh, I say that, but this is Todd Graham's, uh, I think it's technically his second year. Coming over from Arizona State, where he was with them from 2014 to 2017, look at what they did as a defense in those years. He had dynamic playmakers like Eno Benjamin in the backfield uh, down there. in uh, Damn, where is Arizona State at? I was going to say Tucson, but that's Arizona, obviously. Arizona State, where are they located? I usually know these things. Shame on me. Anywho. Um, Arizona State was humming with Todd Graham down there. I love this hire as a coach. They get some offensive linemen back. They get some key leaders back. They got a strong arm quarterback. They got a dual threat quarterback. They've got a smart quarterback. So I think UCLA definitely cannot overlook Hawaii here. I know Hawaii's off of the island, but they're just coming into California. So if anything, it's closer than what they could have done. And, uh, I think this is going to be a hard-fought game, and I don't know how much stock to take into this opening number of plus 9.5 for the Warriors. I mean, it's gone all the way up to 18. I don't know if that plus 9.5 was maybe a weird preseason look or whatever, but uh, it's saying that that's where it opened, and right now it's at 18. So, I mean, folks thought, very early on that Hawaii was less than a 10-point underdog on the road against UCLA, and I think their defense is going to be huge. Dorian Thompson-Robinson had a lot of turnover issues, and that offensive line needs to do a better job of protecting him. They got a lot of stuff to prove, and they're going to have a tough task, I think, in the trenches. And the totals come down from 70 to 68.5. I think we're going to see a lot of running, a lot of run game stuff, a lot of play action. A lot of quarterback runs, Um, 68 and a half, that total, uh, you know, 65 is kind of like my number on this one, just with what I'm seeing coming back in defensive efforts for Hawaii. I really like Hawaii in this week, zero game on the points, you know, on the spread, not, not the money line. That's uh, a little tall,
1: little tall. Um. I think. Oh, yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. One more. Here we go. Let's see. I kind of
2: got mismatched there. Uh, Okay, so this one is kind of just a easy one, in my opinion. Um, New Mexico State. I think they were one of three college teams last year that did not play football. Them, UConn, and Old Dominion all opted out of their seasons. And New Mexico State was pretty terrible before that. So, looking at UTEP, because it's the primary focus here, trying to figure out what they brought back, how good they're expecting to be. UTEP opened at minus 7.5. The current line is 9 or 9.5. BetMGM has it at 9.5. I, I, you know, 88% of the money already coming in on UTEP, University of Texas El Paso. I used to live down the street from this fine university when I was in the united states army down at fort bliss a really amazing stadium really cool to drive around the curve of the highway you got juarez cuidad chihuahua on your left on the south side and then you're sandwiched between on the north side uh the utep stadium the, the sun bowl so very cool very great football stadium uh this game is going to be played at new mexico state though which is not that far off. I think Las Cruces is where New Mexico State is, and it's like a maybe a 40-minute drive at most from El Paso. Um, you know, so lots of money coming in on UTEP, uh, deservedly so. And look, the fact of the matter is they got some bruising backs, and the coach that they got in place here is all about physicality. I think the trajectory of UTEP is pretty decent. They had a really good year last year. Uh, speaking on terms of program success and historically speaking. They are minus 290 on the money line in most spots. Uh, 54.5 is the total. It opened at 56.5. I could definitely see under 50 in this game. And uh, it looks like points bet still has the 56.5 out there. There's 57s in some spots. Bovada's got 57. Under 57 at minus 115. Bam, that's the best value right there. Uh, I went ahead and looked. So DraftKings, bet BetMGM, Bovada, FanDuel, SugarHouse, 888Sport, FoxBet, Bet365, Caesars, and Unibet. Out of all those books, Bovada has under 57 at minus 115, and uh, those are the best odds. So you got to shop around. You do. I mean, we would prefer that you use our affiliate and our sponsor, my bookie. but if you've already got an account with them and you've already used that promo code, thank you, by the way, two times, Uh, you know, you've got to diversify and you've got to shop around. Just getting those savings on the juice and the odds, it's a make or break kind of thing on Sundays. It's important. It is. It's a part of the research. It's a part of becoming a savvy sports better and just taking in data. You know, it's it's one of those things that you just got to roll with. So long story short, I just really like... Utep here. There is crazy juice on the money line at -285. 285, 2.85 units just to return 1. I get it. I'm not recommending that. Like I'm not trying to sell you on that. It's not going to be in the premium. Personally speaking, if I see money on the table, I'm going to grab it. If everyone else is done eating and they left food on the table, I'm going to eat it. Because that's 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 the type of person I am. So Minus 285 for someone that I think not only wins, but wins handily and they cover the spread. To me, there's still value in that. I know, I know. And it's a new approach that I've taken into my gaming approach, my betting approach. If people leave scraps on the table and you're still hungry, keep eating, you know? So that speaks volumes to me. I think UTEP... Could definitely be a good two or three leg parlay piece on that day, and um, really looking forward to this week zero stuff. Uh, Fresno State on the money line. Yeah, no, that's uh, we're not even talking about that. Um, you know, maybe like a UCLA. Utah. Nah, UCLA is seven fourteen. Some of these things are just like so ridiculous. So the best money line you can get for UCLA is with Fox bet. And that is, uh, yeah, minus seven fourteen. So I'm not going to go off on trying to suggest that to you and figuring out what two or three other legs to put it with. That's, that's not worth either one of our time, but uh, yeah, I, I'm just ready for college football. I hope you are too. Cause we're going to have lots of content on it. Um, Speaking of content, wager pass will be up shortly. We got some plays to get loaded in there for you. Free play of the day lost yesterday, thanks to yours truly i uh am just not doing well with these free plays. I think I've lost my last four. um today we will have it back up and going. We'll have one of our pros making a pick and uh that's the way we're gonna leave it. Wager pass will be up. College Football Week Zero article will be up this week. You'll have some scrubbing to do, giving you some homework. Read about Hawaii.
1: Coffee. So, that being said, let me bid you adieu. Send you all of my good vibes. Sending
2: you all of my positive energies. I hope that you have a great, wonderful, safe day. Make sure to help someone out. Be kind out there for someone if you can be. If you need something good to happen to you, I am hoping that it happens for you. It will happen for you. So help someone out. Let positivity come into your life. I am thinking of you. I appreciate y'all listening. Really, really enjoy doing this. So thank you for all the reviews, all the kind words, all the interaction. Been getting a bunch of new followers lately. So if you followed me recently, thank you so much. I I need to put together like a list uh, of folks that have been interacting with me lately and just things that i need to shout out on the show because honestly uh there's a lot so i got a lot of love to offer and uh it's all love over here so with that being said today in sports betting is out
1: This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. Sick of being upsold at gyms?